0: i'll never ever get tired of that song i remember possibly not being entirely sober at the first ever depth probe i went to in the seventh street entry back in well longer ago than i'd care to mention and hearing that particular track right there by the grid swamp thing dave ball right there formerly of soft cell doing an amazing track right there and banjo's not for everybody i understand Fact, when Mumford and Sons came along, (laughs) I said that we were suffering from a state of chronic banjosis. And (laughs) we were at the time. I still love that. (laughs) Suddenly, alt country, and again, Americana, roots music, whatever you want to call it, was literally everywhere. And I don't have anything against it, but it got pervasive to say the very least. Hi, everybody, by the way. My name is Brian Oak, and that is Sean. Hi, Sean. How are you?
1: I'm doing well. How are you doing? Are you feeling any better?
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I do feel incrementally better. Like, so yeah. I got some kind of crud late last week, probably early to midweek last week, and I thought, oh, COVID, here we go again. And I tested; I've tested three times. It's not COVID, but apparently there are a handful of other interesting, fun things going around in the midst of this subarctic winter that we're enjoying right now in Minnesota. Um, it is the Brian Oak Show. Do you have any idea what episode this is, Sean? Two nine
1: four. How is that possible? just doesn't seem doesn't seem realistic you just it's not an up. attainable goal
0: <laughs> <laughs> the, the brian oak story right there yeah. all right well <laughs> it's good to see your face we're yeah, doing this can. one not in the smart start mn studio but remotely and by zoom because I'm, I'm sure i'm not infectious anymore but man i am wearing sweatpants and i am going to cash out Hard when we're done with this, but this is going to be a good one. I apologize for missing all of last week. I was,
1: dude. That's was okay. Mad. I'd rather have you be home and doing your thing than get it because my wife got it and she's been sleeping in the other room and like yeah. we've been avoiding each other. Two ships in the night, as we say. Yep
0: all I do is all I've done for the last five days is sleep either in my bed or on the couch with the cat. Mm-hmm. And, um, but then of course, last night when I'm like, no matter what I'm getting up on Tuesday morning, I'm going to work. And then, of course, I couldn't fall asleep because my sleep schedule doesn't make any sense. Speaking of Smart Start MN, we should mention them because they are the founding uh, sponsors of this fine program here and the naming sponsors of our studio, which I would much rather be in. We'll get back there very, very shortly. Smart Start MN is Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. What is that? There's literally someone going in front of my house on the road on something that looks like a dog sled being pulled by no dogs, and they're just—it's <laughs> so cold outside that nothing surprises me anymore. No, I do no. love this weather, anyway. Smart Start MN—I mean, I just didn't expect to see that. And doing <laughs> this from home is an entirely different experience. It's not the nice, nice little safe cocoon of the Smart Start MN Studios. Um, it, they are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. They're the ones who helped devise the plan that allows you, should you have. A terrible mistake, and it happens to more people than we'd like to imagine. You drink, you drive, you get busted, you lose your license, you can get back in your car. There is a technology and a legal framework in place to get you back into your car sooner and for less money than you might otherwise think.
1: That's right. I mean, so you could maybe on a normal day, you could have a few drinks and drive, and you're okay. But here it is, winter, you hit some black ice, your car goes spinning, and you get a DUI. Go to mm-hmm. smart start mncom slash the brian oak show and you'll get twenty percent off the installation of the ignition interlock system.
0: I just wondered black if ice. that wo- that woman I saw, <laughs> black eyes, if that woman I saw <laughs> coming by on a dog sled with no dogs in front of it, just kicking it down the icy street. I mean, could she get pulled over by the feds? I don't well, anyway. Bill Murray got a
1: DUI and a golf cart, like in Switzerland or something. So well if he can you get know. a DUI and a golf cart. I'd say dog sled lady is certainly You know how the
0: Swiss, but the Swiss are significantly more severe on these things. Anyway, (laughs) uh, we have a great guest to get to today, and we're going to talk about a very cool event coming up and learn more about another local artist who works with this event coming up. If you look at who's playing on this tribute to the 90s, Sean it's sort of a who's who of who's been it on the show before it's kind yeah. of fantastic but it's always nice to have new voices and new faces and new everything um but before we get there uh and before we dive into the the meat of the sandwich of this show <laughs> you have picked out a song and i want you to tell the story because it's interesting to watch our children grow right you and i both have grown children yes and, even when my daughter was young, she would occasionally surprise me. She would sometimes horrify me with her music choices. But she would surprise me with the things that she was into, and as much as I did to educate her as she grew up, now the tables have turned because as we get older, we don't have as many access or as much access or pay as much attention as we may one day once have. Um, and we start to learn new things, and that's kind of where this song takes us, right?
1: Yeah, my son, who, you know, unlike Abby, your daughter, uh, we've always known she was a music fan. But my son, I didn't know that this was a thing with him until recently. And he started to reveal that some of the music that I liked back in the day, he liked, but he just didn't say it at the time. And he has found his way to find some music that he really enjoys. Now, I had not heard of this band Beach fossils. You, of course, knew them right off the bat.
0: I, I mean, um, again, I'm not, I'm not yeah. deep. I am not rote. I'm not chapter yeah. and verse. But I've had friends who are like, "You got to hear this band." So I've listened to a few songs, and they have kind of a cool, dark pop vibe to them. I like them.
1: Yeah. So here you go. Here's down the line, Beach Fossils on the Brian Oak Show.
0: Awesome. What's the name yeah. of that song, Sean?
1: It's called Down the Line by Beach Fossils. They got a couple that he put on this playlist that I really liked.
0: Wow. I, it reminds me, there's a few bands in that vein that um, are really, really good. And unfortunately, because I'm still a little addled from the day quill and, and sleep in the <laughs> early morning. But there's a couple of bands like that that, um, that are really fantastic. The drums out of New York City are similar. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh, that's good to know. Oh, and there's another one that is like right in the same pocket right there. I'll think uh, of it as the show goes on, I promise. Um, but that was fantastic. So thank you yeah. for that. And tell your son, keep going. Keep, <laughs> well, never, keep Ever, Never, ever stop looking. Never stop learning. Never stop listening to new music. Because a lot of it's crap. We all know that, right? Yep. But every once in a while, you stumble across something like, what the hell is this? And then, and do you remember, Sean, did you ever do MySpace?
1: I did not. I okay, did not. Then yep. That's
0: fine. The thing I loved about MySpace, though, is I'd find a band like that, and then they'd have their top eight friends or top 12 friends. Yeah. And I would click and click and click and just literally disappear down the rabbit hole. hmm back when I was drinking heavily until four in the morning. And, <laughs> um, and But I mean, I would, I would, I would find bands I've never heard of. And yeah. sadly to this day, because I was drinking heavily, cannot remember. Let's go ahead and meet our guest today. Zachary Scott Johnson is someone who I feel like I should already know. He's been doing what he does, his music for a very long time. The only advice I would give to Zach is to edit your bio because there's so much here. <laughs> <laughs> that I, I, don't, I don't really honestly even know where to start. He has played forever. He has toured with everyone. He has appeared on stages with everyone. He is obviously a seasoned veteran of the music scene. So we're going to start at the beginning, and then we'll start to try to slowly unravel the world's largest rubber band ball <laughs> of a bio that I was sent earlier. Zach, how are you, man?
2: I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm all right. Is the early 2023 t- treating you all right?
2: It's okay. Um, I have a, I have a young daughter. Uh, she's almost eight months and uh, she got sick for the first time this last weekend too. But we're, we seem to be on the other end of that. But sickness definitely seems to be the thing right now. It's happening well, everywhere.
0: It, it's very popular. I mean, really, yes. everyone's into it right now. <laughs> unfortunately, eight months old. That's wild. So you're in the teeth of it right now still. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's get to know Zach a little bit better. Zach, where are you from?
2: I'm from Racine, Wisconsin, just a little south of Milwaukee. All
0: right, very good. Is that
2: where you are right now? No. No, I live in St. Paul. I've lived live in, in St. Paul, Paul since. Now. Yeah, since 2008. We my wife and I did do 3 years in Arizona. She she did a grad school program, but we've been otherwise in Minnesota since 2008. Right.
0: Very good. And you've been playing music that entire time. Obviously music's important to you. What was your for lack of a better term, weapon of choice? What what is your weapon of choice when it comes to creating music?
2: Um, well, I mean, I think, you know, drawing on inspirations and like, I mean, uh, one of the other things with these turf shows that, that I like a lot is being able to like, pay tribute to heroes. I I feel like I'm pretty constantly uh, going back to the well. Um, It's interesting because, you know, Sean was talking about his his son picking up on his music. Now, I feel like I did that too. And I never really talked to my parents about it either. I just, oh. they played Joni Mitchell among others around the house. And you know, when I was in middle school, I, I heard her voice and went, who is this? I've never heard anybody who sounds like this and kind of thought for a while and, and realized that's kind of what I wanted to do that. I don't sound anything like Joni, obviously, but I mean, <laughs> like I wanted to do what she did and like tell a story with an acoustic guitar. Um, and so that, I I that's in... my,
0: my real question right there, not to interrupt yeah. you, but my real question is, when it comes to sort of putting it out there, you know, is it guitar? Is it keyboard? Is it piccolo? I mean, what what <laughs> is your weapon of choice? Guitar. Guitar. Yeah. Right. Is,
2: yeah.
0: So, but Joni Mitchell, I mean, like to you, that's, that's sort of ground zero. That's patient zero, right? Before it all spreads out and influences the rest of your life?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that started from a pretty young age, to tell you the truth. I mean, it's not a lot of middle schoolers who are into Joni Mitchell. My, my,
3: <laughs> my teachers thought I was deep. My
2: fellow yeah. classmates thought I was weird. So um, it worked out in the but end.
0: We, but, but. but weird in a good way, because I think even for a lot of people who are contemporaries with Joni Mitchell, she was she's an unknown form. She is a puzzle yeah. piece that doesn't fit. And that's why I think so many musicians obviously a ton of fans as well. And she made a lifetime out of it and has been awarded for it multiple times, but she's not a standard singer songwriter. She, in addition to telling a story, also her gift of phrasing and lyrics and unusual playing. And she, she is a left fielder, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely.
2: And I mean, I think that's part of uh, everything you said. I completely agree with in particular, the phrasing. That's something that I think she doesn't often get, um, credit for Like trying to cover Joni Mitchell songs is insane because you find out, oh, there's no way to like gracefully do this. And yet she constantly sounded graceful. I don't still to this day know how, and I've been studying her for a long time. But, you know, the other thing with her is she, the thing that I respect mostly about her is like, she had her biggest commercial success with an album called Court and Spark in the like early 70s, early to mid-70s. And after that, she could have replicated that and just basically done the same thing or some (laughs) version of the same thing three or four or five times and kept that huge audience that she had had. But she was feeling jazz at that time, and so kind of followed that thread. And she knew she very, I mean, like you can tell from interviews around the time, she knew she was probably going to alienate 30 to 50% of her crowd. And she was willing to do that because she wanted to follow the muse wherever it led
0: her. That was more important. That's an artist. So I I was going to say, and you just put a perfect period at the end of that sentence. Um, That's what the artist does, right? I mean, obviously we need to pay the bills. We need to have somewhere to stay out of the negative eight degree temperatures. And we need to have (laughs) some way to feed our families and ourselves, let alone get around. Um, However, the artist that follows that muse generally finds the best art you know I mean like Mm -hmm. if you if you start to chase something it's kind of like chasing money some people will find it most people will not but if you're an artist and you stay true to what you feel in your gut that's when you make a difference that's when you well in Joni Mitchell's case change the world so for you being very specific to you Zach um When do you in your gut realize this is the thing that's going to change? I mean, are you in church choir? Are you in junior high guitar lessons? Where are you when you realize that music is going to be the thing that is the defining muse for the rest of your life?
2: Pretty, pretty young, to tell you the truth. I started both violin and piano lessons when I was about six. I didn't actually pick up a guitar until I was about 18 or so, maybe a little earlier than that. But I was in high school, and I'm self-taught on guitar. I'm certainly not uh, trained in any way on the guitar. But the pretty defining moment for me, um, in a lot of ways, was going to see, You know, like you said, Joni kind of led to a few other things. And I went to see, we're, we're doing a 90s night, a great 90s artist is um, Sean Colvin, who won a couple of Grammys in the late 90s for a song called "Sunny Came Home. And um, I went to see her at this big festival, I'm sure many people know it, called the Ravinia Festival in Northern Illinois. It's just enormous. I mean, thousands and thousands of people there. There's a pavilion, but there's also lawns that just go on forever and people bring picnics. and you know, but thousands of people come on a, on a, on any given night. So I went to see Sean there. I had her newest record, which was the one Sonny came home was off of. And she played solo in this thing. And I just, I couldn't believe, I mean, like the, the like confidence to do that just stunned me. I just assumed she would have a band for a venue that was as enormous as that was. She got out there with just her guitar, her stories, and I really, I went home that night and thought, "That's what I want to do. That mm-hmm. specifically is what I want to do." The band thing is great, but solo, like doing that. And again, it all kind of goes back to Joni, and it does for Sean too. Um, the irony, of course, is the first person I ever opened for then was Sean Colvin. Actually, not that long after that, um,
0: but was- that, no, no, no. Let's stop right there. That's <laughs> not. That's not irony. That's that's the universe working in its yeah. own odd way. One day from going to being a young, burgeoning artist and a music fan, Zachary Scott Johnson gets to open up for someone who literally changed the direction of his musical thinking. How do we get right there? How, I mean, how does that happen?
2: It was, I mean, it was just coincidental. I had submitted, she was playing, you know, she was on a tour where she was doing a, a bunch of dates and she had this kind of last minute date added in Madison. It was one of those things where, I'm sure she had other stops booked, and I'm I'm guessing she was on tour with somebody else at the time, like a, a co-bill situation, and she just had this one headline date to kind of fill, and uh, it was in Madison, and I was going to school at the time in Appleton, Wisconsin, and I I had bought tickets to the show. And I noticed a couple of weeks beforehand that there was no opener and I'd seen her a few times and I knew she always had an opener. So I thought, well, maybe they don't have anybody. And I just called the feeder and I said, Hey, are you guys looking for an opener? And he said, actually, maybe he was like, this is actually a really well-timed phone call. He was like, I, we were just about to yeah. talk about this. And um, so he, they called Sean's people and said, well, this guy just called and, you know, they sent the, the link and the information and everything. And they, I mean, they called back less than a half hour later and said, yeah, you can do it. <laughs>
0: And, wow. um, it's it was... weird it's weird <laughs> how the universe works sometimes right I mean like yeah. some people attribute it to a higher power some people say everything happens for a reason some people attribute it to fate but there are just these weird junctures in space-time and the lattice of coincidence and everything I mean this was a this was a changing moment for you right hmm mm-hmm. yeah that's wild. And so at this point, I mean, how adept did you feel at this point? Were you ready? Were you ready to go? Did you feel like you had the repertoire? Did you feel like you were, cause again, I'm not, no, n- nothing against you, but I mean, Sean Colvin's the real fucking deal. Right? Oh, I yeah. Mean, oh yeah. Oh yeah. And so, I mean, like, did you, obviously I'm sure you were nervous, but did you feel like you were worthy of this moment at that time?
2: No, but I also knew that, like, ultimately, folk audiences are on your side until you give them a reason not to be. Um, right. I, Sorry, you know, I, uh, I, I, was
0: close, I, was close circuit to Bob Dylan. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah,
2: <laughs> I don't know if he considers himself folk anymore either, actually. Yeah.
0: But no, um, no, no. But there was a time he was, and he yeah. he turned his back on all those people. I I do have a few
2: stories of people who've uh, opened for him. It's some good, some bad. I like that is one of the interesting things is collecting, you know, like anecdotal. Dylan's stories. I'm sure you have them too. I'm sure you've talked to people who've, you know, been, been in proximity to him and it's really interesting the disparity yeah. of like, some of it's fantastic and some of it's just insane.
0: But All you have to do is watch the documentaries like No Way yeah. Home and that kind of stuff. I mean, I don't know that I've ever heard of an artist who hated his fans more <laughs> than Bob Dylan did because I mean like, every time he would get weird or deep or dark and you're like, oh, you like that? Try this try this and then i mean they, but you also again so whether whether you're doing it out of impunity or whether you're doing it because it's your muse the artist must do what the artist must do uh, look i want to talk more about the upcoming twin cities all-star 90s tribute coming up at the Turf club on february 10th and i want to hear some of your music but first before we do that sean and i have a little bit of business we have to attend to okay. and that would be by thanking the good people at moxie wealth management Here's the deal. They jumped on board and Joe and his entire crew of people, that's the whole bit. It's not one guy. He's got an entire team and they all cover different aspects of wealth. You know, you don't have to be rich to think about wealth management, But you do need to think about what the future looks like. And that could be property. It could be taxes. It could be investment. It could be savings. It could be virtually anything. That's where Moxie Wealth Management comes in. And they do a good job, not to mention, Sean and I made an agreement a very long time ago. We were Mm -hmm. not going to work with jerks. And to this day, I think we've done a pretty good job of that so far. Don't you, Sean?
1: We absolutely have. It's that time of the year, too, where people are thinking about money because it's tax season. And a uh, great thing about the folks at Moxie Wealth Management is they, they work as a team. So they've got a tax guy, they everybody else. You may be paying in more than you like this year where there's ways that you can uh i was gonna say divert funds to retirement accounts and things that are yeah yeah exactly let's
0: let's try to avoid any sort of federal (laughs) entanglement if we can here sean
1: don't take my advice i'd say go to (laughs) moxie moxiewealthmanagement.com and their team can uh can help you out
0: oh you know what is interesting is I think I, I always think of myself as lazy hippie, and I just want to lay at home all the time, and I want to not do anything. And after about two days of that, I'm like, I need to talk to fucking somebody right now. So this, is, <laughs> this is warming my heart very much right now. Zach, you have this big tribute, and we'll talk about that more on the far side of this. But you've been making music and touring for a huge array of people, up to and including Sean Colvin. That's what I mean when I look at your bio. I wanted to start somewhere, and I'm like, I, I I don't know how to edit this. I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Let's take a look. Steve Forbert, are you fucking kidding me? The Verve Pipe, Lisa Loeb, Suzanne Vega, Jane Sibbery. I saw, um, what name did I see down here that blew my mind? Oh, Mary Gaucher, Are you kidding me? The number, okay. Nellie Mackay, uh, Eliza Gilkison. I, the number of people you have played around or with or opened for is sort of dazzling. And I can't believe you and I, have we crossed paths before? And I'm just an idiot and can't remember.
2: No, I don't think so.
0: Which is startling to me because you and I have both been doing this in the same area for a long time now by doing this. I don't mean that I'm sitting at home working on my 10th acoustic masterpiece album, um, <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, given the circles we run in, I'm sort of surprised yeah. by this. You've been doing this for a very long time. Well, we'll get to some of that too, but also really ultimately here, we're here to talk about that nineties tribute coming up on the, at the turf club, but we should get to know, we've gotten to know you a little bit. Let's get to hear some of your music. What is the first song that we're going to hear right
1: now? Do you want to hear uh- anyhow, I love you or boxes first?
2: um let's do well let's do
1: boxes let's do boxes um do you want
2: me to intro it at all yeah tell us about the song
0: again you don't have to open up a vein or anything and i again (laughs) i like leaving a little bit to the imagination for the for the music listening fan but if there's something about this song whether it was a particular inspiration or a thing you hoped to express to this song that's the part i'd love to hear
2: well, this came about because my wife and I moved here, and we filmed an episode of House Hunters for HGTV, which is a whole other experience.
0: What? What? No, you <laughs> can't. No, 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 the most can't.
1: interesting man of all time. <laughs> it's honest to God. Like you don't
0: get to just drop that out. So, but we're not going to talk about it here because I really want to hear your music. But I swear to God, as an HGTV HGTV fanatic. Oh, my God. Like, I mean, like house hunters, like when they go to tropical locations (laughs) and here you are, HGTV in St. Paul. We're going to talk about that just ahead. But in the meantime, tell me about the song. So they asked me to, they,
2: they called me and said, do you want to do a song on the show? And I said, no, thank you. Because I figured if I was watching the show and I saw some guy take out an acoustic guitar and start playing, I would change the channel. I don't know. that I would watch that, And so I didn't want to do that to anybody else. It wasn't a banjo. It wasn't a banjo. No. Um, or a mandolin. Oh, or for God's sake, ukulele. Oh, God. but, um, they, they kind of, they really wanted me to do it. And, uh, they talked me into it by saying they would pay me for this song, the magic words, uh, all of a sudden I felt much differently and um, I agreed to do it. And it's very so I human wrote, of you, Zach. Very human. <laughs> I wrote this song. Um, I had been thinking I I had part of it already, but um, I, I had been thinking a little bit about, uh, technology and i felt like we were all looking at screens kind of all the time and uh, not having real conversations and uh, yeah we're but we're also having a conversation in this moment we're looking at we screens are. but also communicating with each agreed, other directly agreed agreed um i just felt like you know you go out to a restaurant and you see a table full of people all looking at their phones and not nobody's talking to each other kind of thing and so that's this is kind of where it came about is that idea
4: There's a little box in my home and it's eating up my soul just like a virus that just lies to us. It monopolizes my time and it poisons up my mind with all this nonsense. It's mundane and constant where everybody yells and no one out there tells quite the whole truth. they worship failing you and whatever's bound to sell taking within my brain cells leaving me empty and not so wealthy. there's a bigger box on the road taking me to and from my home it drives too fast for me to ever really see the things i'm driving past Knowing nothing really lasts, and when it fades to dawn, it is forever gone. And so I put on all these smiles, I get more frowns and fewer smiles in lonely cities. I used to think were pretty, and I play these songs at night, and then I try to write something that'll hit your heart, and maybe a work of art. is my home but all i do is roam in one endless pursuit of three chords and the truth and everywhere i go i search for eyes and know the things that matter amongst all this clatter there's so much that divides and when we're taking sides how can we listen Make decisions Or be bigger than just me Learn how to really see That all these boxes Well, they're just options And that's all
0: the brian oak show episode which episode 291 294 that's not possible uh anyway (laughs) that's sean bernard i am brian oak and we're joined by zachary scott johnson zach you obviously got some momentum and you gained enough talent and connections because being able to do music as a career or being able to do music as a a full-time deal requires so many shifting elements, right? The parts are always moving. It's literally a puzzle. And at some point you figured it out and you've played with so many people. I rattled off some earlier and the list is significantly longer. And I don't want to waste our time on that. What I want to know is at a certain point, it becomes so crucial to you that it's a driving force when you sit down and and make music or I guess that's my question is when does music come to you? Do you sit down and smash it together? Like you're making a Frankenstein's monster or does it descend from the sky like a gift that you're just the vessel for what's the songwriting process like for Zach? The songwriting
2: process for me is very slow. Actually. I'm not a prolific songwriter. Um, I don't feel like I'm a prolific songwriter. Um, I, try to every year some of the guests that you've had on um i know sarah morris and matthew french in particular have done these songwriter challenges um and every year i kind of watch from afar and think i should do that because you know they're getting some songs out of it you know so prompts for anybody who the what they do with these songwriting groups is they give you a prompt every week and you're supposed to write a song and then post it in this online group where they kind of you know just give positive feedback and um so a lot of times what I'll do is I'll I'll take the prompt, but I don't actually, you know, (laughs) I don't actually join the group (laughs) and I don't actually post anything. (laughs) I just got to take their prompts. And um, I've, I've told both of them that, but um, so I try to prompts have been an interesting thing for me. um, And I, and I like that, but you know, I'm kind of a slow writer. It's just, I'm a right when inspired type. I'm not a disciplined writer who gets up and like spends hours. I, I don't understand the people who are able to do that. I respect it deeply, but I'm just not that kind of person who can, who can just kind of like force it out. It just has to be the right situation. So, um, what happens for me generally is I write a lot of songs really quickly. And what's what I've always found is as soon as I put out a new record, I don't know if it's self protection or what, but I always, it's like, I just kind of like churn out 10 songs within a couple months after that. Um, It's almost like a fear of what if I'm not able to do this again? What if I'm not, what if the songs are gone? What if I'm done? And um, and then I don't write anything for a while. It's, it's an odd process, but it's it's the way it's always gone for me, to tell you the truth.
0: Well, what about the Song A Day project? I mean, you talk about not being a regular songwriter, and it kind of comes in spurts, but you've done the Song A Day project for a very, very
2: long time. Right. So the Song A Day project is a daily thing that I do on YouTube. It's the Song A Day project. It's all one word squished together, and it's exactly what it sounds like. I record a song a day every day. Um, it hit 10 years last September, um, it which was is fourth. crazy, by the way. I mean, th- that crazy. kind of
0: that kind of a commitment to a bit. I mean, it would be <laughs> easy to do it for two months and be like, I don't fucking feel like it today. Or <laughs> right. I, 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 sincerely, I mean, like, I think that's honest. I don't think I don't care what anyone does for a living. There are days where you just don't freaking feel like it. You've literally done a song a day for over 10 years and posted it.
2: So public, you know, anybody who stumbles onto that date, yeah, that's the biggest thing for me with this whole
0: thing is why, you know, tell me well, why, tell, tell me why this, this, cont- not only why it initially mattered that I can kind of get my head around why a, more than a decade later, why does it still matter to you?
2: Mostly because of the things that have the opportunities that have presented themselves. Um, so a couple of years ago, Donovan, Rock and Roll Hall of Famer Donovan, mm. the legendary Donovan. He flew I'm sorry, me to Sunshine
0: Ireland. Superman Donovan?
2: Sunshine Superman wow. Donovan. What? He flew me to Ireland to do a gig together just so we could record a song for the song a day together. That kind of stuff. Wow. Got, whoa, whoa,
0: whoa, 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 You were I bringing got, up too. I wanted to bring up HGTV, and now I'm <laughs> like, that, man. The Don- we're Donovan. Talking about, <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're talking about Hurdy Gurdy Man Donovan. Yeah, I love Donovan. Yeah. So, so he flew you to Ireland to do one of these yeah it was i
2: i don't know i can go through the the quick version of this story because i do By think the means. donovan story is much more interesting than the hgtv one <laughs> um, so it was coming up on the five-year anniversary of the Song of Day project and i got this email one day and the subject line read from donovan and i almost deleted it without reading it because i thought well, i don't know anybody named donovan <laughs> i just assumed it was like a political thing or whatever you yeah. know i just was i almost didn't read it And I opened it up and it was somebody claiming to be the folk singer Donovan and they just were complimentary of the song of Day project and basically said, I just stumbled on this. And I noticed the first day that you did was a cover of mine, which is true. The very first day that I did was a Donovan song called catch the wind. And, um, he said, I just wanted to thank you for doing that. And then the last line, he said, out of curiosity, do you ever record these in Ireland? And I thought, there's no way this is really Donovan. And I thought, well, this is a really specific bit for somebody to do, but I'm guessing this is a bit that somebody's like playing a joke on me because it doesn't make <laughs> any sense. So I ignored it. I didn't respond to it. And a couple of weeks later, I got a call from, from somebody saying, Oh, this is Donovan's manager. And he's just obsessed with this thing. He'd like to fly you out and have you play like accompany him on, you know, bring a mandolin and fiddle and, and play with mm-hmm. him on a gig. He's playing the Cork uh, folk festival. And um, and then during the show or some other time, you guys can re-record "Catch the Wind" as a duet this time, and you can post it for your five-year anniversary. How does that sound? And I thought, sure. I, I just kept waiting for the all we need is your social security number yeah, part yeah. Of the scam. Yeah. Um, but they never asked, and they sent me a plane ticket. And even then, I was really suspicious. I thought I'm missing something. So, There's a scam here. Like, it can't be human real.
0: Trafficking or Nigerian That's what I prince thought. or something. Missing yeah. kidney. Yes, I thought, I, thought I would go over there. He, they would even put
2: donovan on the phone with me because his manager his manager would call and they would put donovan on the phone and donovan would go hello zach it's donovan and i thought he doesn't talk like that that's not what done hello governor like. yeah i mean it was really over the top and so i thought this is uh-huh. this is such a scam but so anyway they flew me they flew me over and i thought well they'll put a bag over my head throw me in a trunk i'll never be seen again but they drove me to um a restaurant and they said go in it's not open yet but donovan's in there waiting for you and i walk in and it was really donovan and we spent nine days in uh in cork dublin or uh cork ireland and he said you know you can stay longer if you want i mean like he was just a very quirky guy and uh he said yeah you stay as long as you want i just assumed if you were coming all this way you didn't want to just turn around and go back home which was very true and, uh, yeah, it was, it was extraordinary. So stuff like that has happened. I got, I got to go to New York city a couple of years ago, right before COVID. It was one of the last gigs I did before COVID to play for Tony Bennett at this gala where he was getting this lifetime achievement. I mean, like crazy stuff has happened because of the song a day project. And so that's why I keep doing it. And I think there's a little bit of, it's really good for me too. And I've noticed audience attendance at my shows has you know increased and improved and all of that too. It's kind of what you become known for but it's playing with all these people I've done 300 or some collaborations and tons of people who I never would have gotten to meet really outside the box people Jeff Daniels who's a movie star uh Creed Bratton who's a friend of mine now but he's from the tv show The Office and um I mean just wonderful musicians Roseanne Cash was extraordinary Rodney Crowell um so many wonderful wonderful artists um
0: that there's no question drop names like Rodney Crowell I mean (laughs) like do you I mean have you ever, so I know that you have this existing archive of live performances on the Song of Day thing, but I mean, like, have you thought about writing a book or doing a document? <laughs> and I'm not joking, writing a book or doing a documentary, this is a pretty extraordinary journey that it's taken you on, right? I do
2: think, I do think I would like to write a book, um, mostly because any gigging singer-songwriter has great stories i've played the weirdest
0: gigs you've ever i mean well maybe you've heard some stories so maybe not But i mean no stop right there I've, i've heard weird stories but if you're telling me you played weird gigs i want to know the one that was the most uncomfortable and you were worried that was going to go the wrongest at any moment but you had to soldier on because the show must go on
2: well, there was one. I don't know why this comes to mind because actually, it, it turned out relatively tame in the scheme of things. But I showed up to do this concert in the park somewhere in southern Minnesota one time, and there was a fire truck on state or a fire truck on fire next to the stage. That's I don't know how happen. it happened. I know I fire trucks no idea. are supposed to
0: put fires out.
2: <laughs> the fire truck was on fire next to the stage, and they said it'll be fine. We've almost got it. Don't worry about it. They We've they wanted me to do the show. It and then they said was there were like words. there were three things with this particular show second of which they so that was one a big one the second of which the, the town like aerobic squad these like uh, elderly women showed up and did choreographed dances <laughs> the silver sneakers
1: my <laughs> oh had, my god
2: I, they, but nobody told me it was going to happen so I was just like what is <laughs> what is going on and then this guy who introduced <laughs> it was like the mayor of this little town or something he was like um, I'm going to do uh, just like 30 seconds in the middle of your set i'm going to come up and just thank the sponsors he did 15 minutes of stand-up that bombed so oh no it was and i mean like with everything else that was going on i remember i was on the side of the stage texting my wife i was like this is the weirdest gig and i told her the last thing and i said i think i should just leave (laughs) and she said (laughs) and she was like no you want to see how this ends i mean they're going to be happy when you're back performing no matter what because I mean like the guy wouldn't <laughs> stop it was like he was oh. he was going to go until he got a laugh it was like he it was really strange oh. so all of that We're, was one gig and I feel like there's a bunch of stories like that but that's the thing is like every working gigging singer songwriter has stories right. like that
0: Yeah, but not really stories where not only is the fire truck on fire but also the Jazzercise crew shows <laughs> yeah. up from the local <laughs> YWCA <laughs> We're going to get another song from Zach here momentarily, but I would be remiss if I did not now turn the attention to my friend, Sean, um, who an early, well, this, frankly, this was all your fucking ideas. So
1: thanks <laughs> that, the Sean. podcast been, or having Zach on, I think maybe both. Oh, no, no, both? this
0: yeah. I could literally do this for the next 12 hours. No, I meant yeah. the podcast, um, but it was his idea. And he's been here from before day one. And in addition to being, the creator and the progenitor and the producer and the propeller of this fine show he's also a realtor for edina realty the 50th and france location in edina it's when i woke up this morning i get up at you know 4 a.m and i go to a morning radio show It was negative nine this morning it's a little milder now i think we've gotten up to seven degrees um This is a time of year where I don't think a lot of people think about switching places, but it's probably the time to start thinking about thinking about thinking about switching places. Am I right?
1: Yeah, I've got people that were considering listing on February 1st and because of the cold snap, they're like, you know, I think we're going to push it back a week or two because a lot of people don't want to go see how homes when they can't feel their face outside. <laughs>
3: um,
1: the market is, uh, we're, we're definitely going to have a hot spring market. It, it's coming. Um, I know the rates went up for a little bit. They've come back down a little bit. They're more right-sized right now. We were we were at record low rates uh, last summer, and it's kind of right-sizing a little bit. So if you know of somebody that's looking to buy or sell, 612-859-2594. I donate a portion of every buy and sell to a local artist or musician. Uh, I do want to say just quickly that I've known Zach for a while. He was uh, the guy who did our accompaniment for Kith and Kint Chorus. That's how I met Zach originally. And I just want to say, Zach, you're just such a good guy. You're one of those oh, guys you. That, that you have every reason to have a massive ego and above it all but you're just a decent to the core guy and i just can't tell you how much i appreciate that and i i love having you on this show today but you just were so great to work with with kith and Ken chorus and and gave so much of your time to that as well so i just want to say i appreciate you my friend
2: thank you i appreciate you too that's very kind i i love kith and Ken. We, i just led rehearsal last night because oh, her well rachel has covid too um oh, yeah Gosh. yeah every, it's going around you know it That's is the it thing is.
0: The, the only thing i want to add for you to our next song from zach is that if you ever say right sizing again i'm gonna make sure that i, I say pivot yes. every single podcast yeah we need to change that paradigm oh should we run it up the flagpole and see who yeah. salutes it sean
1: i think we need to make sure the synergy is good <laughs>
0: Oh, I'm dying with each passing moment. (laughs) We are going to talk uh, in the last segment about nothing but the upcoming 90s tribute and the literally stark studded cast of characters who will be joining you. the, The impetus behind it, the songs that will be featured. I'm actually kind of excited about it. But before we do that, I feel like given here's the problem with this show, right, is like, you know studies indicate that no one no matter how interesting the story is going to listen beyond a certain point so i just need you to promise me with your hand on your heart that you'll come back and tell us some of the really weird stuff or the deep stuff or the interesting stuff or the heart rattling stuff because i feel like we've barely scratched the Mm -hmm. surface of your story and we don't have a ton of time left do you promise you'll come back again At any time. Those are the fun stories to tell. I'm not one of those people (laughs) who like will be discreet about that. I love telling
3: those stories. I love telling those stories. That's all I needed to hear.
0: So then let's get into your next song here that we're going to hear. And again, I don't, I don't like it when somebody's like this song is specifically about the time I did this one thing, just what this song means to you, why it feels important enough to you. that This is one of your songs you chose to feature.
2: This is the most recent single that I put out. Um, It's actually not an original. This is somebody else's song. This is a Guy Clark cover. Um, This is a song called Anyhow I Love You. Um, And I, I learned it from Rodney Crowell, actually. He does a great version of this as well.
4: seem to give the change and you've been all along so you know what i'm saying so when all you can recall is a pain Cause you wait until tomorrow When you wake up with me at your side And find I haven't lied about nothing Wouldn't trade a tree for the way I feel about you In the morning anyhow I love you And every day again Just a little bit better. And half the getting there is knowing where I've been before. I'm sure you understand. Cause I ain't your first man. Feel like running for the back door Just you wait until tomorrow when you wake up with me at your side to find have a lot about nothing I wouldn't trade a treat for the way I feel about you in the morning, anyhow. I love you. Tomorrow, when you wake up with me at your side, and find lot about nothing, I wouldn't trade a tree.
0: So, Zach, let me ask you, when it comes to, obviously, as an artist, you have a vision, right? You have a thing in your head, this thing that you want to manifest. When it comes to finding the right people, I feel like that takes time, right? It's trial and error, just like, I guess, anything you want to be good at in life when it requires a team. Do you feel like you found the right team? For the most part, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that did not sound like an enthusiastic yes. So I guess a few people on Zach's team—you better watch your fucking shit, because uh, <laughs> I don't know that you're exactly where you're supposed. For the most part, is what I heard. And I, like me, I feel like for the most part, the Brian Oak Show is in a good spot. Um, uh oh. No, trust me. Without you, I'm nothing. You
1: know oh, and it's wow. all, it's
0: all, it's only you and me man that's all I've got <laughs> so but I mean like again that's what I mean no matter what you're doing whether you are creating music whether you are starting a new business whether you are enacting any sort of plan regarding anything in life a family whatever you've got to have the right team in place and so are you afraid of evolving have you ever been afraid of telling someone Hey, we found a new uh, bass player or that kind of stuff. I mean, these could be difficult choices to make, but life can be difficult, right?
2: Yeah. Um, you know, I'm pretty, I feel like I'm a, it's not so much that the team isn't in play. I'm a, I'm a self sustaining uh, machine in a lot of ways. I don't uh-huh. have that much of a team because, like, on, on these songs that I put out, I'm for the most part <sighs> doing it all myself. Um, maybe that's the
0: problem. Do you play <laughs> all the instruments yourself? yeah so i mean you're playing drums you're playing harmonica you're playing mandolin you're playing guitar you're like so you mm-hmm. you're basically the prince of minnesota folk music is what you're telling <laughs> me um i well i
2: won't i i won't say that exactly but yeah i am, uh, I am playing you all don't have business. to i
0: did you're welcome no
3: problem <laughs>
0: Tell me about the gig coming up on February 10th at the Turf Club. It is a tribute to the 90s. And the 90s is, now granted, I'm a child of the 80s. That was sort of the forge, uh, the crucible that I was forged in. But when it comes to the 90s, that's where I first got into radio. It's where music sort of went technicolor for me. Like I love so much of the 80s, but in the 90s, everything changed all across the spectrum from the brilliance of certain bands to the absolute garbage of other bands. I have such a love-hate relationship with the 90s that I cannot tell you. Tell me about who's going to be performing on that particular evening and what we can look forward to. It's going to be nothing but bangers. It's it's going to be nothing
3: (laughs)
2: but hits. Like, that's that's the thing is we've done a bunch of these tributes over the years we've done a couple of Joni ones we did a Paul mm-hmm. Simon a James Taylor and Lou Harris a Loretta Lynn a John Prine just a lot of great artists we just did a Carly Simon one a few months ago mm-hmm. and um we wanted to do something lighter Uh, there's kind of this corral of you know at this point like 50 plus minnesota artists who've uh participated in these over the years and we just wanted to do something pure fun all of those songwriters who i named uh with the exception maybe of of john prine and, and loretta lynn to a certain extent are pretty serious songwriters not to say that they're humorless necessarily but they're pretty pretty serious artists and uh, we wanted to do one that was just going to be pure fun, that the crowd was just going to have a really, really good time, not put anything else on it, but just to have a good time. And uh, so we're, we're doing a 90s night. And it's going to be, I mean, when people sent in the songs that they wanted to do, it was just, oh, I love that song. I love that song. I love that song. And then I, as I started to look at the list and see what was still available for me to do, I mean, I wrote out, a, I started going through on Wikipedia songs from the 90s. And I mean, I there was... Two pages worth of songs. That oh, that'd be a fun one to do. But um, you know, you have to you have to make your choices. It's a great bill. Um, there's a lot of folks on it: um, Ben Cook, Feltz, Annie Fitzgerald, Matthew French, uh, Lakewood Cemetery, Brianna Lane, Megan and the Birdwatcher, Sarah Morris, Leslie Rich. Um, Leslie Vincent. There's some. There's some really, really great artists that are that are going to be part of this, and uh, it's got a full band. Um, I'm one of the band members backing everybody up, so the performers come up, do two songs each with this band, and um, it'll just be. It should be such a great fun night.
0: Before we uh, wrap things up, because you know we've been going for a while now, and I'm. I don't know, I, I sometimes I lose track of time when I'm having a good conversation. And I really feel like I could, despite the fact that I feel like hot, wet garbage, I feel like I could talk to you for the next few hours and we can't do that. Before we uh, wrap things up about that gig, if people want to find you and they want to know what are you up to, where do I get the latest singles? Where do I buy your music? What do I do? I know Bandcamp is probably the best financial situation, but at least for people to get information, is there a ground zero for you?
2: the the youtube page yeah if you just either search my name zachary scott johnson or the song of day project on youtube that's also currently my website is the song of uh zachary scott got taken over by uh, russian hackers Whoa. Uh, i know i don't how know. do you know they're russian well the language is russian so i assume oh, that, <laughs> that's that's a really good indicator zach you're, <laughs> you're
1: a bright dude you're a bright dude deductive like reasoning <laughs>
2: I, I still every month or so I get a couple emails from, from people saying your, your website, it's all in Russian. <laughs> <So now laughs> I, know. I can't get it to, I can't get them to take it off is the thing. Like I can't take, yeah. get them to just remove the whole thing. Yeah. So I don't right. know who's paying right. for it, but anyway. Um, yeah. So it is,
0: <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at your misfortune, but there is something sort of, I don't know. I don't know. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be proud about it, but there is something about the fact that you are garnering <laughs> enough attention that Russian hackers are like, yes, this will be ours. Yes. I yeah. I,
2: I wrote some songs about the last administration. And I sometimes <laughs> wonder if that had anything to do with that. Yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> there you gotta some be
0: careful. Don't, don't like poke me. the bear, man. And don't yeah. poke the Russian bear in particular. Yeah. Or the cocaine
1: so- bear. Yeah.
0: Which, by the way, I know it's kind of very loosely based on real life events. But the thought about a 90-minute movie, hopefully it's not longer than that because fuck off. Hopefully it's about 25 minutes long. About a bear eating a giant stash of cocaine and then... Because bears are already pretty aggressive. Bears are already... They will chase you up a tree. They will dismember you. Then you get a cocaine bear. Where are we? I... I feel like Cocaine Bear is the movie we deserve in 2023. The show that everyone else deserves in 2023 is the Twin Cities 90s tribute happening at the Turf Club on February 10th. You've already rattled off most of the performers, but there are many more that are going to be there, Mm -hmm. up to and including Lydia Liza, who I feel has, I've sort of, I met her when she was a teenager and I've watched her growth and discovery and struggle and, you know, sort of flowering that she's gone through in the last few years. I think she's amazing. So it's going to be a night, as you said, of bangers. And that's the one thing, too, is when you go to see a show, let's say you go see a 90s band. I'm going to pick one at random Everclear. You hope that they're going to play all the hits, but mm-hmm. oftentimes you'll get a hit early. Then here's our new record for 45 minutes. Right. And then you'll get one or two at the end. This is a night of nothing but nonstop bangers is what you're telling me.
2: I honestly think, I mean, I knew every song. I know every song on the set that's list a good. Without... That's a good sign. Yeah, yeah. All right. I well, think most people will.
0: Uh, it's coming up on February 10th. You can find more by looking on the internet. It's at the Turf Club. Starts at 7 because, you know, some people are old like myself. Not Sean. Sean's young and vibrant. Me, I'm moving on in years. <laughs> Zachary Scott Johnson, uh, this has been a genuine delight. And I hope that we get a chance to do it in person at some point.
2: Me too. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Very, very much. Um, so now you, when you talked about the... Oh, and Sean, thank you. Thanks to all our sponsors. Yeah. Thanks to the good people at Audio clip We got two new Patreon members this week. Patreon people understand it's cold, it's weird, I've been sick. We are going to continue to provide these Patreon-exclusive shows coming up in the very near future. So if you want to get on board, if you enjoy what you hear here on the podcast, a dollar a month Just kidding. Whatever you want to do. I don't really care. (laughs) It doesn't matter. We're Mm going to do it regardless. Even if you turn your backs on us, we'll still have the shows and just Sean and I will be there, but we'll probably invite Zach as well. Zach, (laughs) so you told me you looked online like, like just, I mean, I understand the idea of sourcing, right? I mean, like I do a radio show every morning. So I'll go online and dig around and just sort of see if it I don't want to, I don't want to like copy anyone, but if I, you know, if if I get sparked, the internet is actually an incredibly valuable tool. You talked about going to, you know, a list of these big bangers of the nineties and you had at least two pages. I bet if you'd spent more time, you could have come up with 10, 15, 20 pages at least. Yeah. But you won't, you don't get that kind of time. What did you decide you were going to go with at this particular show?
2: What am I performing or what did I send to you to play?
0: no, no, we'll play this song, but you don't have to give anything away. You can just name the artist or you can just give a vague hint. I'm just like, how do you, when I go back and look at, you know, every once in a while I'll be like, oh, artists like Susie Quattro or, oh, best songs in the late 60s. And there's this impossible list. You're like, where do you even bleeping start? Where did you start when it came time to pick out what you wanted to play?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I think there are some songs that are like quintessential 90s. I think it's, you know, it's not really it's not really any deeper than that. Like there are some that like, if you're doing a nineties tribute, you've got to have a little bit of Alanis Morissette in there. You've got to have some cranberries in there. You've got to have, you know, you've got to have certain things if you're doing a nineties show to me, one of them is Lisa Loeb who uh, we're, we're about to play here. I toured as Lisa's opener for a little bit. And uh, she is one of the most genuine and nice and just completely normal people. She is just, (laughs) I haven't, I haven't had a lot of bad experiences. I did open for Meatloaf one time, which was a little bit odd, but um, I God haven't damn it, had a lot You better
0: of... come back on this show because we have a <laughs> lot to talk about that. We have a lot to talk about.
2: It, here's a little teaser on that. It was a contractual point that I would only refer to him as The Loaf in backstage interactions. Oh. Not no, kidding. No,
0: no, 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 no. You had to sign a contract. <laughs> yes. Said you, you would only yes. call him. So what do you walk the up loaf. and say, hello, The Loaf? I completely avoided him. I honestly don't remember.
2: I think I didn't even meet him because I, I think I just stayed in my dressing room terrified of him. But um, <laughs> but with Lisa Loeb, it was the opposite. She was as normal and as sweet and as kind as it gets. So that's part of it too, is like, you know, these very uh, genuine and just kind of like, personal um it's a great song she's a great person and it's just going to be a lot of fun to do all of these great songs that
0: fabulous well the gig is coming up on february 10th at the turf club it's going to be an all-star affair and it looks like it sounds like it's going to be fantastic um zach to you personally i would like to again say thank you it's been wonderful having you on um good luck with your baby thank person you. in your house thank you. baby people are well they're babies and they yeah. are a lot of work. Yeah, not unlike grown-up people. So good luck. (laughs) Thank you very much. And we'll do this again soon. All right, and we'll wrap up Lisa Loeb on the Brian Oak Show. Thanks, everybody. Joe Burgess is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Member FINRA SIPC North Star Resource Group is independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with North Star Resource Group and is independently owned and operated. 2701 University Avenue Southeast, Minneapolis, Minnesota 55414.